If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray and his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash NFL. Hey guys, Yahoo has officially released their Week 1 Daily Fantasy Football Contest. They have a million-dollar contest for Week 1 with no management fee and a $100,000 first prize, meaning more money goes back to you, the players. 10 entry max, you're not going to be playing against people with 150 lineups like on other sites. And Yahoo also has a $100,000 guaranteed contest, so there are lots of prizes out there for Week 1. If you're just getting started with Daily Fantasy Football, join the free-to-enter Yahoo Cup and play all season long. $150,000 in weekly and season-long prizes, and if you get a perfect lineup, you win $1 million. It's awesome. Get started right now at yahoo.com slash dailyfantasy. Welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. Steve Palazzolo back here with Sam Monson, and we have officially arrived. It is our week one preview edition, Sam. Happy NFL season to you. Yeah, football's back. It starts tonight, or in fact, yesterday, as most of you will be listening to this. All right, we got to get the mechanics of this down. We're recording on Thursday afternoon. Yes. Prior to the Thursday night game. Indeed. Okay. So as we did last, but the podcast goes up either late Thursday night or early Friday. Yeah, and most of the people that listen to it will be listening to it on Friday. After after the game. game. So we're going to go through our Thursday night predictions. But first, I mean, all I wanted to talk about was football, but you're insisting that we discuss this Antonio Brown stuff. So let's discuss Antonio Brown 
and the Oakland Raiders, and the drama continues. Well, this is football, right? Now it's no longer a helmet problem. Now, now it's just chaos unfolding for the Raiders today. Um, this is like middle school chaos. This is like Antonio Brown posted a picture of a note that made him unhappy. But that's what happens when you're dealing with wide receivers in the NFL. Do you not remember T.O. and Randy Moss and Keyshawn Johnson? Those, like Wide receiver is just a name for melodrama in the NFL. And Antonio Brown is admirably carrying on the tradition set by those people. That's all that's happening. So, that's what's happening. We all saw, I assume, that the Raiders, uh, they basically fined him for missing team meetings, etc. They sent him a letter saying, Dear Mike, or Dear Antonio, rather. Love Mike. Dear Antonio, you're being fined, whatever it was, $54,000 for skipping meetings and you know, being you. Um, and Antonio Brown posted this on Instagram, like the letter signed by Mike Mayock, finding him, basically saying, oh, even my own team's hating me, yada, yada, right? Yeah. Now, so hate. right. And this was just sort of, oh, look at Antonio Brown being, being crazy. But I think it was Will Brinson who first highlighted the language in that letter being fairly important because it brought up the term conduct detrimental to the team, which is important because if you suspend somebody for that as the team, which reports are now saying they're going to after today, if you suspend somebody for conduct detrimental, detrimental. Ah, detrimental to the team, it voids their guaranteed money using standard NFL contracts, contract language. So then reports come out today that Mayock and Antonio Brown got into it after well, apparently you know, that letter and being posted. Had to, had, Antonio Brown had to be separated from Mayock by Vontez Perfect. When Vontez Perfect is the voice of reason in yeah, the situation, things have gotten badly out of control. Old rivals from the AFC North. So they he together. apparently had to be separated, like dragged away from him, threatened to punch him in the face. So now the Raiders are apparently going to suspend him. And there is a very real situation where the Raiders could suspend Antonio Brown for week one, mean that his 2019 salary is not guaranteed. And because it's conduct detrimental to the team, they can go after the bonus money that they paid him. And effectively, they could get out of this deal having paid almost nothing. I mean, is that what you want at this point? Have, have they experienced enough drama in a couple months that they just want out at this point in Oakland? I think the only way you suspend them is if you come to that conclusion that, okay, we want out of this now. We've had enough, and we want this is the way. Like we can, there's a pathway now to us cutting him, walking back this mistake, and just getting the hell out of Dodge for relatively little money cost. That's the only way you can suspend him, right? Because at this point... The guy seems like a nut job, so you can't think they're gonna, that suspending him is going to go well. Like, oh, we'll just suspend him two weeks. He'll come back and we'll be great. No, like suspending him is like burning the bridges. Well, as the scouts said, we all knew that Antonio Brown had character issues back in 2010. He Therefore, just, we're right. You know, he just uh, bottled him up for eight years and unleashed them all in 2018 and 19, essentially. Yeah. All at once. What I want to know is how first-round picks Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs... <laughs> And uh, Jonathan Abram have not been able to keep this locker room together in Oakland. It's, it's amazing. I mean, this was their job, right? Football is secondary of importance. Just, just tying everybody together is, is your prime job. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. It's like, let's really test our three first-round high-character guys and bring in Antonio and Incognito. It's and not Perfect even like one of them was the guy pulling Antonio Brown back. 
at least, you know, we could have said, all right, he's trying. If it was Cleveland Farrell holding Antonio Brown back Maybe from attacking Cleland Mike Mayock. Maybe Mayock back. But, well, We're waiting that, on the report. I'm, we are. But it was perfect. Like, how many people had to have turned a blind eye before Burfecht decided, all right, fine, I'll step in? I'm surprised Abram didn't just start hitting people. I mean, that's what he did on hard knocks. Hey, it's a walkthrough. Let me just, let me just hit some people. Yeah, But, I mean, seriously, the Raiders yeah, may end up walking away from this whole deal. And, it, might, it might be smart at this point. And if they do, I mean, how long is it before he's suiting up for the Patriots, having claimed him for nothing? Yeah, I saw somebody make that joke that they're going to offer like a conditional seventh rounder. Right. 12 years from now or something like that. But then they're on the hook for whatever the contract is. Like, if they wait till he's cut, I don't know what you'd sign him for after this craziness, but it's probably less. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who. I mean, other people would definitely look into this, look into bringing him in. That, I mean, that would be genuinely fascinating. Like, how much, how many teams are now interested in this? Like this craziness that's happened over the past few months. Basically, go you went full crazy to extricate yourself from Pittsburgh. And then you go even further crazy, bitching about a helmet it, that doesn't fit. And then I think the risk is worth the, the reward's worth the risk, isn't it? I mean, most of the time. But now the Raiders have just decided it's not. If, maybe, the, if indeed maybe. that's what they're doing. I mean, even if it takes time away from Mike Mayock having to deal with this t- with this thing. Does it really affect everybody else on the team enough that you wouldn't want to take the shot? I would just say that if the Raiders are walking away from this, that's got to be setting the bar pretty high for the number of teams that will be interested in, in inviting this into the locker room. Maybe the Steelers just bring him back. I mean, hmm. Feels unlikely. It does feel unlikely. Doesn't it? <sighs> well, I just love covering the off-the-field drama. That's my favorite. I know. But this has very real on-the-field ramifications. No, it does. This All is right. not the helmet thing, right? Let's discuss the on-the-field ramifications real quick. We're coming into the season saying, look at this new wide receiver core in Oakland with Antonio Brown, with Ty- uh, Tyrell Williams as a nice deep threat. Is Hunter Renfro going to be that slot guy You know, as a veteran rookie, the Mike McGlinchey veteran rookie? J.J. Uh, Nelson's on the roster, Dwayne Harris. I mean, the, the drop-off from Antonio Brown is pretty significant, yeah. and he was supposed to be that nice weapon for Derek Carr to essentially replace what they had with peak Amari Cooper a few years ago. Yeah, and even then it was how much is Derek Carr going to drag down Antonio Brown's production, but Brown was supposed to be the number one guy. Now it's like Derek Carr thrown to Hunter Renfro. I mean, come on. Like what? I mean, short area stuff will be all right. Yeah, I mean, I really want to see Antonio and his... Um, you know, his rapport with the, with the new quarterback because it could be a, a huge clash in styles. That was, that was the fun part about watching that unfold is to, to just see how, how well both of those guys would produce together. Um, it's a big hole for the Raiders because it's, you know, on paper only, it's a decent receiving core. If you take Antonio Brown, the name and the potential production out of there, is this a bottom five group of pass catchers? Yeah. Definitely. Because tight end's not much better for them either. Right. I mean, it wasn't that great with Antonio Brown there. And Darren if you take Waller, him out of Foster it. Foster Moreau. I mean, it's not a great group. So it's pretty significant. It's significant because Derek Carr, as you know, we, we say all the time here, is going to be dependent on his playmakers as far as what, you know, what his uh, production is going to look like this year. Yeah. So apparently Mike Mayock is about to start a press conference. 
like right now as we're recording. So we will be able to update people as we go. But if you're happy, Steve, that we've talked about the craziness enough, we can move on to, you know, the actual games. Can we now? Yeah. Please. Mm-hmm. But I will update the people as, as we the will news circle breaks. back if Mike Mayock comes up with any great news. Can we, okay, now let's do another intro. Now, welcome in to the PFF NFL podcast. Hmm. I'm okay. doing this on the podcast, not like for the video. That's yeah. real. Uh, okay. Now it's the week one preview. Now is it week right. one preview time? Now we have to predict the future from the past. Whose turn is it? Yours. Oh, no, I'm not ready. Right. <laughs> That's why it's yours. <laughs> All right. So. so Thursday night football. We just did so at the same time. We did. Thursday night football is what? Packers, Bears, right? Hold on. Can we just explain to the people how good we did last year? We did pretty good. So last year, what happened? Again, we recorded on Thursday afternoon before the Thursday night game. We have so many new listeners right now. Okay, yeah. yeah. Thank everybody. Thank everybody for listening. Thank you. It was like an awkward situation because we record before the game. But most people listen to it after the game. It's like, what do you really do with that? We didn't that? know what do to just, do. Do you just not cover the game because it's already happened for most people? You know, you can't really go in-depth in it because it's already happened for yeah. most people. So we were like, you know what we should do? We should just start guessing what's going to happen. Just start predicting the future. And very confidently say, this is what you just saw. Right. You, you guys watched this last night. Predicting right? the future from the past. And bizarrely, we had a kind of crazy strike rate. Oh, yeah. You called Baker Mayfield coming in. Uh, Off the bench and leading a right, comeback win. Against the Jets, which is exactly what happened. I called Nick Mullins carving up the Raiders when heading into that game, the storyline was who the hell is Nick Mullins? Right. Like people were genuinely asking, I have no idea who this guy is. I'm upset that I have to watch this game that I've never heard the quarterback of. And you um, called him carving him up. Yeah, yeah. And he did. I predicted Brock Osweiler's stats almost to a T. Right. Like his passer rating was like 0.4 off. Yes. My, uh, or his PFF grade, whatever it was. So, I mean, we missed a few, too. Right. But I, don't but I would say we were, were batting like 500, which is right. not bad for guesswork yeah. on the future. For predicting the Particularly because we weren't exactly, like, we, got, we went, oh, well, Christian McCaffrey's numbers, I think we nailed as well. But we were going, right. like, pretty, pretty specific. Like, right. pretty specific and pretty deep into the bag in terms of pulling things out. Why don't we team up on this one? Okay. All right. So we'll predict what's going to happen in Packers-Bears, even though we both picked different winners. But, like, let's pick some of the specifics. That happened in the game. We'll just talk our way through it and then see what happens. Okay. All right. So I did pick the Packers to win. You've picked the Bears to win. Mm-hmm. But I think this game plays out similar to week one last year where Aaron Rodgers has a fourth quarter comeback opportunity. Okay. And there's, some, there's a lot of drama that you guys saw in this game down right. the stretch. What was that drama like? Uh, Trubisky making plays with his legs. A lot of them. Yeah. Trubisky essentially executes a length of the field drive, almost 100% through his own legs. Yeah, and the Packers, you know, they just seemed, you know, they're playing a lot of man coverage. They yeah. Just, they just weren't ready right. for it. Right, and Trubisky just scrambled for like 87 yards yeah. on a 97-yard drive. That's very specific. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was going to have my very specific Aaron Rodgers makes a fourth-quarter comeback, and um, I think the Bears kicker was a very key part of that game. Okay, hang on. So let's, let's, let's sketch this out, right? Trubisky puts the Bears ahead with 87 scrambling yards on a 97-yard drive. Aaron Rodgers executes comeback. Yeah. Takes him ahead. Yeah. And then the Bears, they get into kicking range. Again. Right. Field goal opportunity. And the kicker. In my world, no good. In your world, world, he he makes it. it Perfect. You picked the Bears. Got it. Sound good? That's what happened. That's what happened. Thursday Night Football. Nailed it. I do feel like football early in the season has a knack for like reflecting 
last year or like what you expected. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, I asked I asked the, the I asked the people at PFF to update us on the Mike Mayock press conference as we were you know live doing the podcast. Um, Gordon says it lasted ten seconds. Antonio Brown's not in the building today, not practicing. When there's more, Mayock will tell everybody the end. Breaking news. So not a lot from the Mike Mayock press conference. Well, I'm glad we uh, glad we were covering that. Mm. So there you have it. That's Thursday Night Football. What what an opener. I mean, it's the 100th anniversary of the NFL. What a great way to showcase that product with the nation watching. Presumably another fine season of the uh, Collinsworth slide started. He's not sliding anymore. He's not sliding anymore? No. He was over the slide last year. He thought because he was like, what do I do anymore? And we were telling him repel from the rafters and all that stuff. And he was like, no, I'm done. He's done with all that. Really? He's not going to slide. Okay. Fine. They're going to pan to him normally. Hmm. I mean, right. if ratings get rough, I mean, maybe they right. bring it back. If, yeah. But I think it's more like just I, I ace in your pocket. Don't, you don't I, use your trick plays until crunch time. Right, but I don't know if you mess with what's working, you know? No, they, they didn't do it in the preseason. Well, I mean, it's preseason. Nobody, you know, you don't, I mean, you don't on show your real you, things in the preseason. You don't unleash like, your playbook, right. but at the same time, you've got to practice your, your staple plays. Sure, yeah. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think he's going to slide in. All right, fair enough. So okay. anyway, that was Green Bay, Chicago. So that was Green Bay, Chicago. Now, here's what we're going to do on the podcast for the preview. We're going to take a couple games, dissect them a little bit more in depth, our biggest games of the week, and then we'll just go rapid fire, which for us takes forever because we're so long-winded. We'll go rapid fire through the rest of the league. But we're going to give something to everybody in every game. So let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is one of the premier matchups. If for nothing else, just watching that Chiefs offense against the Jaguars defense. The Jags defense, of course, regressed a little bit last year. Not because their talent changed, just because, again, we always talk about the defense tends to uh, fluctuate a little bit. They had, but they still had some really good games last year. They had some duds, like against Dallas. Yeah. But they had some really good games, and they had a really good game against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, somebody asked me during the week who the most likely worst-to-first candidate was. You know, every year there's a couple of teams that finished the, the previous season, bottom of the division. They flipped the script. They end up winning the division, yada, yada, right? And I took a look at them all, and I was like, honestly, I don't like any of them to do that, which I guess is probably the point. Like, you don't see it coming because they finished worst of the division the, se- the, week, the season before. But the one team I think that has the tools to do it is Jacksonville um, because all the pieces of that 2017 defense are pretty much still there. Right. Um, you add Nick Foles, who is capable of pretty much anything on the spectrum, Right from amazing to amazingly bad, um, and they just need you know a few games of the amazing for that to sort of spin around in their favor. And the funny thing about Foles is, I think he can also play, as we've said on here before, that he could play the Uber game manager role as well. He does do a nice job of taking care of the ball. So even though we call him a volatile quarterback, it's more like yes, throw for throw. There's some volatility there, especially what we've seen with the Eagles the last two years. But we've also seen points in his career where it's like if you want him to just be to take care of the ball and, you know, not, you know, let the defense go win a game. I feel like he's he's got that in him as well. So I could see that all coming together. Yeah. For the Jags. I think there's a shot that this team does, particularly as they're now in the division that no longer has Andrew Luck. So that that helps. That does give the Jaguars some opportunity. Yeah. Um, I think the key matchup, obviously, though, as we mentioned, Chiefs offense against the Jags defense. The Jags held Mahomes. It depends on how you look at it here. Third worst grade of his season. 
which was still well above average. Yeah. Or, you know, it was in the green. He still threw for 313 yards. He just had, he had, no, he had no touchdowns and two picks in that game. So they just made life a little bit more difficult for Mahomes compared to the rest of the league. This was also one of the most fascinating one-on-one matchups in the entire season. Yes. Um, Tyreek Hill going up against Jalen Ramsey. Absolutely. And Ramsey is one of the few corners with the skill set to try and do that and take on Tyreek Hill one-on-one. But even in that game, you saw what a dangerous game it is to play. You know, the only way of particularly a guy like Ramsey – um, slowing down Tyreek Hill is to get physical with him at the right. line of scrimmage, rough him up, don't let him into his release, um, cleanly off the line, make sure he slows him down. You can kind of match him then because if you just try and run with him, you're done. Um, but there, were, there was at least one play where if you miss, you're toast immediately. Like he goes to, to jab him, Tyreek Hill uh, avoids the punch, gets down the sideline, immediate 35-yard completion. You're like, it's that dangerous that if you mess up once in you know, the entire game, this can be Whooped. game over yeah. immediately. So that, it's just such a fascinating matchup to watch because there aren't that many players that are like that, where if you screw up one time in the game, it's a touchdown. And it could be at any moment when it's Tyreek Hill versus Ramsey. I mean, you also have Miles Jack just got re-upped. By the Jags, you know, potentially one of the better coverage linebackers. You know, he's been one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL. Seeing him and Travis Kelsey patrolling the middle of the field. So the Jags have some of the tools on on defense to slow down Kansas City's passing attack. So I think that'll be that'll be great to watch. I think the other side, I just want to see what this Kansas City defense looks like schematically. I think a lot of my things to watch this week are going to be the schematics. Yeah, when you so. have new coordinators, do they have a distinct new style? In my notes, it's a lot of, I want to see what they do. And with Kansas City, they don't exactly have the best look in secondary on paper. So are they going to protect them with zone-heavy schemes? Are they going to still try to play a ton of man? Are they going to mix it? I think they're going to mix it up a lot with Steve Spagnuolo in there as defensive coordinator. Well, that's the interesting thing with them, right, is that we've seen with the Colts last year that a way of protecting a relative lack of talent in the secondary – is to go zone heavy, and particularly with the Chiefs where, you know, we've talked before about how zone schemes typically create more turnovers because those guys are watching for the ball. Right. The Chiefs' defense should be all about just trying to maximize the number of turnovers. Like, if we're going to suck, at least suck in the way that's going to steal some possessions back for Patrick Mahomes because that's how you win those games. You just need to make sure that, you know, if we're scoring 50, the Rams or whoever else on the other side doesn't equally have the same number of drives. Just steal one. Just right. one. One of you go out there, spend the entire game watching for the ball, and pick it off, and then we win the game. That's all you need to do. I mean, last year the strategy was let the offense score as quickly as possible so that our offense could get back out there. Yeah, I mean, last year they, they tried to play man coverage all the time, and that's just it's basically taking away all those turnovers, and you're not really good enough to do it, so it's just not a good strategy start to finish. Um, I do think when you talk about the actual matchup here too, you all as much as we, we're going to talk about the pass game probably eighty ninety percent of the time when we preview these teams because that's what you know wins and loses games. But you're also going to have a Jaguars team that wants to run the ball and a Chiefs defense that has really struggled stopping the run the last couple of years, and they do want to stop the run. So replacing D Ford with Frank Clark should improve them. Uh, should improve the run defense a little bit. Having Alex Okafor up front with Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, 
I mean, they've got some pieces to maybe do a better job stop on the run. I still have major question marks with their linebackers. But, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of old-school pound the rock from the Jags. And the Chiefs are probably going to put a lot of resources into stopping that. Yeah, how much better do you think the uh, the Jags backfield would be if they put Miles Jack at running back instead of Leonard Fournette? You've been you've been banging that drum since he came out of college, right? Yeah, Miles Jack, the running back. Yeah, look, if you give Fournette a straight line and some a well blocked play, he yeah, can, an open open area, he runs a straight fast. line. Hmm, he does yeah. run fast. Genuinely, I think Miles back Miles Jack could be a better running back than Fournette, but apparently they're intent on playing him a linebacker. Idiots. I know. Well, that's a more valuable position. Coverage well, linebacker. Whatever. So um, the other piece here, we keep saying Nick Foles, get another data point. We've seen the most ridiculous career in yeah. Nick Foles. A 27 touchdown, two interception, 117 passer rating season with the Eagles where the PFF grade was much lower than those numbers would indicate, saying, wow, here's Chip Kelly's scheme doing a great job. He regressed in 2014, wasn't a starter for fi- uh, 15, or he was a starter with the Rams for a little bit in 15. Not a starter in 16, Super Bowl run in 17 off the bench, and a playoff run in 18 off the bench. I mean, Nick Foles has started three different seasons as a starter. Yeah. And he's come off the bench three different seasons. His career has been crazy. It's been really And the thing is, the ridiculous thing is, do you have any idea what we're going to see from him this year after that? No. Actually, I think he's only started two years because 2013, Vic started as the starter. Right. Nick Foles has entered a season as a starter twice. Last year doesn't count because he he was just filling in for Wentz. Okay. But two years of Foles' career, he has... But at this point, we've seen quite a lot from him, and I still have no earthy idea what you're going to get in a a full season of him starting. He's had more seasons in which he's come off the... He has come in as the backup, and led a playoff run. Three times that's happened. Yeah. Or, you know, been in the playoffs. It's just, it's just a fascinating career. So now we get to have this. hits Nick Foles' team in Jacksonville. New data points. Let's see what he does. Definitely have some question marks about who he gets to throw to. I think we'll see a lot of D.D. Westbrook in the short and intermediate game. But Foles, when he was having those spectacular games with the Eagles, was stretching the field. He was throwing the ball down the field. He was letting big guys like Alshon Jeffrey go up and make plays, letting those tight ends make plays. I don't know if they've got the weapons to do that, which is why I think he kind of plays the game manager role and they try to play, play good defense. And that's the thing. I'm curious that if this defense can be as good as it looks on paper with that front, uh, the front, I guess, not more than four, the front five or six yeah. in terms of pass rushers and the secondary like, is Foles capable of just being that dial-it-back, don't-lose-the-game, game-managing style of quarterback? Or do you need to, like, <laughs> do you need to unleash full Foles in order to get the best out of To get the high-end And play. just risk the fact that any game could be a 30-grade? I think they're going to want him under wraps. I think they'll definitely want that because, frankly, they've been used to that for a while, whether it's... Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert, you know, this like this team is this team is well versed in the art of trying to make an idiot proof offense for their quarterback. Um and trying to, you know, survive through a great defense and running the ball. I'm just curious as to whether that's actually the best thing for Nick Foles or if you have to embrace this idea of look, it's it could end up anywhere on the spectrum, but in order to get good Nick Foles, you have to let him run the whole show. Yeah, I mean I think if you're comparing a quarterback, Nick Foles is similar to Joe Flacco after his Super Bowl run 
where you're going to get mid-tier quarterback play. Now, how you get there could be with some great games and some duds, or it could be with some even keel game managing. And you know, and we you now after Flacco won the Super Bowl, he was within a year he was one of the he became one of the most conservative QBs in the NFL. You know, QBs can adjust a little bit. Yeah. So it's a big storyline seeing how Foles uh, and you know how he plays, how it all plays out. What are you looking at here uh, as a as a pick, Sam? Uh, I went with Jacksonville. Wow, you did. You did go with Jacksonville. Well, now you have to explain why. Yeah, I don't have a good reason for that. Um, oh, that's really good. That's really well. Weird. They're at home. That's always big. Week one craziness happens every single yeah. every single year. There's crazy games somewhere in week one. The Jack's defense. We talked about the defense. It's possible that, that defense shows up and stymies them enough. Plus the Nick Foles thing. Maybe you get crazy good Nick Foles week one. So there's enough lunacy attached to this that I think this is one of the crazy week one results that shouldn't happen but does. That's a good answer. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to take Kansas City. In this one, it's yeah, one of our big else. matchups of the week. Let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the New England Patriots. They started the season in New England back in 2015 as well. They seem to play every single year, no matter what. They're playing this year because AFC North and the AFC East are playing each other. And, you know, perennially, two of the best teams in yeah. the AFC. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing is there's obviously a lot more moving pieces in Pittsburgh in terms of the the change up on that roster. <laughs> Antonio Brown no longer there now. Uh, Le'Veon Bell no longer there now. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster stepping up to become the number one receiver. The knock-on effect all the way down that receiving core it has. Who's the second guy? Is it Dante Moncrief with this perennial breakout season? Do we finally see James Washington make that step up? You know, we loved him coming out of college. Really rough rookie season. Looked good in preseason, but kind of seems stuck behind Moncrief uh, on the depth chart in terms of snaps. So I'm curious to see what that Pittsburgh offense looks like. But then the other big thing is, who does New England go to to attack the Steelers' defense? Because they always have a fairly easy job. The Steelers really struggle to combat this New England offense every single year. Except last year. Regardless, well, even, yeah, regardless of what they do. And then... Now there's there's no Gronk. So what do the Patriots do? Who's the who's the kryptonite that they're going to go to to expose the the Pittsburgh defense? Well, I mean, it it has been interesting because the Patriots had 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 dominated Pittsburgh until last season, and we always talked about Pittsburgh's game plan and how they you know tried to play man, tried to play they they tried everything against New England, and last year they finally did a good job of mixing things up. Uh, just enough to keep the Patriots off balance. But yeah, you know, in 2017, it was, hey, we need plays. Let's go to Gronk. Yeah. I wasn't always Gronk, though. It's just. No, that's what I mean. It's just open guys. But Gronk was the last time. Um, I, I think the story is definitely the Steelers playmakers and the Patriots playmakers. What, you know, how do, the, how do they all shake out? Last year, if you remember, the Pittsburgh game was the last game for Josh Gordon. And he was only targeted once, I believe, or only had one catch in that game. And it felt like. Hey, if Pittsburgh's gonna if they're gonna play more man coverage, like that should be the guy that you're going to. Yeah. And they just did not give him the ball. So I want to see if that is where New England ends up going. Pittsburgh's secondary, I think are they are they sneaky good now, Sam? Sneaky good. Because you've got Sean Davis improved last year. Terrell Edmonds has been better than we expected in a small sample size. Hasn't been good. Just what do you mean? I mean, he's been okay. 
Yeah, he's been better than expected. Right, but we expected terrible because he we was did. badly graded in college. But you st- Joe Hayden's been solid on the outside. Steven Nelson's okay on the outside. And Mike Hilton's one of the best nickel corners in the league. Yeah. I think the X factor is Devin Bush. Yes. How quickly does he become the good coverage linebacker in the middle? Yeah. I mean, how quick can he fill Ryan Shazier's shoes, which is essentially what they need, and they've needed since you know Shazier went down with that injury. The irony there, though, I told you, I think only Shazier's only had like one good year. Right. But part of that was... Part of that was this idea of the Steelers ask more of their linebackers, their inside linebackers, than I think pretty much any team in the NFL. So part of that is that I don't think Shazier was ever really as good as the hype except for that last year. But part of it is also that they're asked to do a lot, whether it was Timmons, whether it was Shazier. Like those guys get put in ugly situations a lot of times, which does not help their overall grade. Right. Because, you know, we have to downgrade them for essentially screwing up an assignment that realistically was pretty tough to envisage any linebacker successfully completing. And they have more of those, I think, than most teams. So part of that is going to be, can he step into that role? And then the other thing is going to be, is that, is, are the requirements going to be all the same? You know, is he getting the full Timmons-Shazir treatment in terms of this is what you got to deal with? Um, or does he have a slightly scaled back expectations because, you know, he's a rookie and, can't possibly be expected to deal with all that right off the bat it did look like the Steelers were trying to play more man coverage in the preseason they were um, I can't read you the numbers because we've got an error here huh. over here okay it says they're at 312 percent that seems unlikely yeah but I know that they were they played a lot more man coverage and if they are doing that you've got Mike Hilton and Julian Edelman as a potential slot matchup you have Josh Gordon and Joe Hayden as a potential matchup on the outside as we mentioned uh, New England, what do they do at tight end? Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo are the only two active tight ends. Who, you ask? Who? I don't know. Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo. Those are their tight ends. Okay. No, I thought you were going somewhere. No, that. that's it. So I, I can't wait to see what New England does from a personnel standpoint because they've got no names at tight end, basically. But then you've got guys like James White, Rex Burkhead, uh, Sony Michelle, you know, do they end up just going with a whole bunch of two back, three wide receiver type looks? Do they even try to run the ball without tight ends, or do they right. feel good about running the ball because the tight ends can block a little bit? And you got James Devlin at fullback. It's going to be a great cat and mouse game here. So again, more schematics. I mean, the the Patriots schematics I think are interesting most years where there's any kind of significant personnel change because they reinvent this offense depending on who's in it. Right. And we've seen them do that multiple times throughout the Tom Brady Belichick era, you know, whether it was those teams with Randy Moss, whether it was the teams with <laughs> with two tight ends. They've gone a bunch of different ways. And now obviously the biggest loss is no Gronk. So what does this offense morph into without a Gronkowski? I did uh, say earlier this offseason they there's a lot of times when you saw New England's offense when they were sputtering, they built, they were like, all right, listen, we're going to start the next drive. We're going to go play action. Gronk and the over. Like, they had these staple plays where Gronk was a was a part of it. I do think going with all the big receivers this offseason, drafting to kill Harry, who's not going to play. But right. adding Demarius Thomas, having Josh Gordon come back, do those guys steal some of those middle-of-the-field targets from Gronk, and then you still have a speed guy like Dorsett on the outside. Um, so a lot of different ways that they could play it there. Yeah, and it's interesting because we speculated what this offense might look like with some of those offseason um, acquisitions, and whether it's you know Nikhil Harry winding up uh, busted up for this game, they they kind of they're not going to be big factors 
most of those guys. I mean, Josh Gordon would be the only one that potentially is coming back. Right. But a lot of the guys we had sort of penciled in as the important chess pieces in the new scheme aren't going to be. So nope. we're back to like, again, what does this look like? Um, Patriots defense, by all reports in training camp and then when they were out there in the preseason, looked really good, particularly on the back end. So kind of picking up where they were last year. Stephon Gilmore is our highest graded corner last year. You've got Jason McCourty, J.C. Jackson. I mean, they, they've got a lot of good corner, a, a good secondary and a pretty deep linebacker core now that everybody's healthy because you got Dante Hightower. Jamie Collins is back. Juwan Bentley's back. Yeah. Kyle Van Noy, you know, a guy that just, you know, that Patriots play everywhere, all over the place type of guy. Michael Bennett's there to move around the defensive front. So it's it's the matchup of the week for a reason. There's a lot of new things to see. We haven't really even talked about the quarterbacks. I think with Brady, it's always like, all right, is it, does he still have it here at, you know, 42? Does he still have it one more year as he gets uh, further into his 40s? And then with Ben Roethlisberger, he had one of his lowest grades of his career last year despite throwing for 5,000 yards. Yeah. It's because he just missed a higher percentage of throws than he had in previous years. So will he be a little bit more efficient even without Antonio Brown? Yeah, I think it's it's a big season for Roethlisberger in terms of bouncing back, as you say. That a lot, I think that the conventional wisdom would be that he didn't have a down year at all because the numbers are still big, but they threw the ball a ton. Um, he still made a lot of big plays. It was the bad plays that yeah. skyrocketed. So he also can he had, fix that this so year? He had one of the lowest average depths of completion, a lot of screens, a lot of yards after the catch. A lot of those yards were um, what Brady's accused of, dink and dunk type yeah. of yards. So um, it should be a great game. I'm taking New England in this one Same. at home. And, um, you know, I think they'll come out and uh, take care of business like they normally do against Pittsburgh. We've got Neil and Bruce going. Yeah, so we Pittsburgh. have to make some changes to our picks because yeah. Zach now works with the Rams, so he wasn't going to give us... Is not allowed to do picks I, anymore? I don't know that that would have been appropriate. Who else did we kick so out? we got rid of Zach. Uh, we got rid of Gordon? Oh, Chris. We got rid of Chris. And Chris. And uh, he, I don't think Chris was there last year, was he? Oh, uh, no, I don't think he was. Um, so we got rid of Chris. We got rid of Gordon. We got rid of Zach since he's, you know, busy with the Rams. We brought in Bruce and Solly. Bruce Gradkowski and Solomon Wilcox are now in there. And Austin, because he was begging to get into the picks. He's in this too? Yeah. Huh. Should boot him out. Well, he's you know on the YouTube channel and stuff, so no, no, he's, he's visible. We like Austin. All right, so those are the other, those are the two key, uh, big marquee matchups. Let's try to go rapid fire now. Yeah, we're really good at that. Yeah, we. I mean, listen, the people would listen to like a three-hour podcast if we gave it to them. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we should try it though. I don't want to. No, it's a lot of time. Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. Sam, what are you looking for? How hard is Miami steering into this tank job? I, I just I'm fascinated now. I, I'm I'm loving this idea of they've they've rolled into the perfect storm of a potential two year tank job for Trevor Lawrence, who you know didn't have the greatest week one. No. Um, now it's just a one year tank for Tua. Right. Well, this is the beauty of it, right? You can pivot. Right. Pivot. <laughs> the the beauty of the two year tank job is that inevitably you're going to suck year one as well. So at any point you can decide to change course and just grab Tua. Or a, a true freshman emerges, looks better than Trevor Lawrence, and it's a three-year tank. Well, that's going to be harder because now you have to sell that to, to the higher that ups, is, right? If, if, you're, if you get them sold in the idea of a two-year tank job, you're easily going to be able to sell them on the one-year gig. It's like, right. hey, good news. We can pull this off a year sooner. Well, nobody in the NFL is trying to tank, and when they go to play football, they're Let's all trying that. to win. 
it's just tough to win when the offensive line in Miami is Julian Davenport. They legitimately might be trying to tank them. Michael Dieter, Daniel Kilgore, Dion Calhoun, and Jesse Davis. Yeah. I mean, Neil asked the question of, is that the worst offensive line we have ever seen? And it might be. Yeah, I'd rather let it play out and you know, let those grades accumulate. But on paper... Right, I mean, that's why we asked the question rather than saying bad. it. But that has a shot, right? There's a few offensive lines we've seen that have been genuinely wretched. And that's him with a shout. When you combine that with Ryan Fitzpatrick's volatility... God. I mean, you could get one of those games where he throws six picks again. Yeah. In any given week. How many picks do you think they'll let him throw before Rosen goes out? Six. You think they'll give him six? Yeah. I think they're pulling him after four. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I know it's not the ideal situation for Rosen, but you still you want to get him out there and competing as soon as possible to see what you get from Rosen. Um, I'll be interested to see when the Dolphins are on offense, the Ravens pass defense. We, we've talked about it quite a bit here. One of the stories of the season, Baltimore building a team where they've got to completely revamp their pass rush, find guys who can get after the quarterback, and, but they're sitting there with one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Can they cover long? Are they going to scheme up pressure? Are they going to throw a lot of five-man rushes out there? Um, the five-man rush, by the way, the way they do it, one of those ways that you can take advantage of a poor offensive line, but also, you know, just just create some some cheap pressure when you got you know smart linebackers working against running backs and stuff like that. So, I think that would be a, a good strategy for Baltimore, particularly against Fitz or Rosen. Okay. I don't think our uh, rapid fire is going particularly quickly. No, that's it. I mean, that's like two minutes on a game. That was that felt longer than two minutes. Was it? I mean, maybe I want to just... see Lamar Jackson usage too. Right. They're gonna let him chuck it. I mean, they'll let him throw it, but it might not go where it's supposed to. There's so much to see. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about NFL Game Pass because we're breaking down every game right now, and if you want to catch the replay of every game, you're gonna need. NFL Game Pass. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. I can't wait to see all of these players, not just one player, every single player that we're breaking down here on this podcast because football season is back, and this is what we do here at PFF. We go back and watch every single game, every single snap. You guys can do it just like we do. With NFL Game Pass, you can use the full broadcast version, or you can just check out the entire game in only 45 minutes with condensed games. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back, so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, breakout stars, and waiver wire pickups all season long. Does Baker have what it takes to make the Browns a Super Bowl contender? Can Patrick Mahomes have another MVP caliber season? Can Carson Wentz lead the Eagles back to the top of the NFC? See all the action this season. Stay on top of all the big storylines. You're going to need NFL Game Pass. And best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up right now at nfl.com slash NFL. Okay, next, next, next. Atlanta Falcons at the Minnesota Vikings. What are you watching? Julio is going to destroy Minnesota's cornerbacks because they're all bad. And or injured, and or injured and bad. And Julio's very, very, very good. Is this going to be a major regression for Minnesota secondary this year? I mean, it's, they're just, I don't think they're going to be good. Um, the last time these two teams played, there was a lot of talk about how well uh, Xavier Rhodes shut down Julio Jones. But if you actually watch the cut-ups of those plays, there's a lot of open Julio in those plays. It's our own fault. 
because we only put we always put stats out there, and he only gave up two catches, right? Right. Even though there were penalties and other open penalties, plays. a lot of open plays yeah. we just didn't get to them because the penalties don't get added to the stats; they get added to the grade. Right. If you're using PFF numbers, use the coverage grade. It tells a better story. Yeah. So uh, even a fully healthy 100% Xavier Rhodes, I think, would get his ass whooped by Julio Jones more often than not. And at the moment, he looks anything but that. So whoever is covering Julio is going to have problems. I'll be watching the Vikings' offense. Are they truly more dedicated to the run? And I said the other day, Dalvin Cook, when healthy, is as good as Todd Gurley and Zeke Elliott and you did. others. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought I was crazy. I mean, a lot of people always think you're crazy. Yeah, but I love Dalvin. I think he's you fantastic. You might be right. I mean, I Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey were my two favorite running backs over the last period of time in yeah. college to, to pro transitions. I really like Zeke as well, but I think those two had legit like special ability. I, mean, I like to Gurley too. Things. I mean, I think they're all good running backs. I just think Dal- uh, Dalvin has the best combination of making something out of nothing and that big playability. I don't care what he ran at the combine, low 4.4s four or high four, whatever it was. He's fast. He's got legit big play speed. Uh, Kirk Cousins talked all offseason about how the numbers say run more play action. So I want to see, is this that, that team that's going to run the ball a ton and Kirk Cousins, you know, 35, 40% of his passes I mean, are going to come is, play this, action? This offense, in theory, is like a godfathered, grandfathered version of, this, of the McVay-Shanahan system, right? It's Kubiak. It's the same tree. Right. It's the same ideas. So this idea of, yeah, we, we're going to set up all these wide zones. We're going to use play action off the back of that. Like, like, it, that's the offense. The like, question is how much... How much does the original, the OG version of this offense... Yeah, how much Kubiak influence is there? Well, how much Kubiak influence is there, and how much has the old version borrowed from the new guard that have like developed and added all these various other wrinkles? Very good point. Anyway, the Kubiak tree has done a good job of elevating quarterbacks, helping them statistically, creating open throws. So it could be a big year for Kirk Cousins. Also protects them a little bit with that uh, poor offensive line. But um, did we do a pick? We all picked Baltimore, obviously. We're going to we pick against Miami every single week. You picked Atlanta. Yeah, I picked Atlanta. Yeah, I picked Minnesota. Atlanta doesn't play outdoors till November, <laughs> by the way. How, when, do they, how, when do they first play in Pennsylvania? I don't think they do this year. Oh, no. Nope, not this year. Well, then it's Super Bowl time for Atlanta. Yeah, if Matt Ryan be. doesn't have to travel to Pennsylvania, we're, we're okay. Matt Ryan, indoors all year. Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets, Sam. What are you looking at? Uh, I'm curious how many touches Le'Veon Bell gets. He I, said, put me in, coach. Right. Give me the ball. Are they going to give him the ball 722 times and try and make up all of the money in week one? They might. The end. Right him to the end. Uh, Sam Darnold versus Josh Allen. 2018 first rounders. You know, Darnold, I expect big progression from him this year. Okay. And Josh Allen, I want to see if he's going to progress. Uh, yeah. Do they Does... Cole Beasley opened up the short passing game for Josh Allen. Can he hit some of the easy throws and rely on his arm a little bit more than relying on his legs? Mm-hmm. Both picked the Jets. We both picked the Jets. It's at home for the Jets. I think they're similar rosters. Also, Darnold against that Buffalo pass defense. Good matchup. Buffalo's pass defense is, is pretty good, but I'm taking the Jets. Okay. Similar rosters. I think Darnold's a better quarterback. All right. Washington, Redskins at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, no Trent Williams for the Redskins because he's still upset. Against loaded pass rush in Philly. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be a problem, I yeah. would suspect. Um, how big a problem? How much is the Washington—I'm going to say quarterbacks— 
because I'm far from convinced that one guy is going to last this entire game given the weight of pressure that's going to be coming from that uh, offensive line. Uh, I'm just curious to see how that shakes out. Also, this is like Donald Penn, you know, coming back. He's been back to of, left tackle. Right, back to left tackle where he should be, back after those injuries that were pretty severe. And, yeah. you know, it's not that long ago Donald Penn was a pretty good left tackle. So how close can, to that can he get? Eric Flowers scheduled to oh, start at left guard? No. And uh, Fletcher Cox. Yeah, that's on not the other go side. Well. Thankfully, Eagles. I think Cox typically spends a little bit more time on the other side, so it'll be Cox versus Scherf more. That's a good matchup. But general. they better hope that happens because Cox versus Eric Flowers is like, oh, God, don't let it happen. Yeah. Can't really hide them uh, at guard. I want to see how the Eagles deploy their weapons. I've been saying all offseason, we, we ranked them as the number one group of weapons because of the depth. Deshaun Jackson, the added deep threat. You got big-bodied Alshon Jeffrey, two tight ends that we think are fantastic, and Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. And Nelson Aguilar is still in the slot. And my boy Mac Hollins is still on the roster, too. I think he's just got that hmm. that deep speed as well if they decide to deploy him. Plus, he's huge. I think we might get an indication, you know, Carson Wentz could go out there, throw four touchdowns, and it's like MVP status again because he's got these weapons to throw to. So I want to see how they deploy him, particularly in the red zone. We're all taking Philly yep. across the board here at PFF. Indianapolis Colts at the Los Angeles Chargers, Sam. I'm curious to watch Jacoby Brissett against a legitimately good secondary, albeit one shorn of Derwin James. Um, yeah, Brissett isn't a bad quarterback. So obviously things went south for the Colts because Andrew Luck was, you know, a top three quarterback maybe, um, and Brissett isn't. But he isn't bad, and I think it's the situation is there for him to be a lot better this time out than he was last time out. You know, it was a rough spot that he got thrown into before. The offense wasn't exactly suited to him necessarily, um, and he was he's still very young. So now he's he gets the benefit of the Frank Reich system that helped out Andrew Luck. He's had time to develop. He's been in this system for a while. I'm kind of curious to see how much of a step forward he can take and how good he looks against a, a decent secondary. Yeah, I think that's a, a huge question mark for the Colts this year because they've built a good enough roster. So we'll see how... He plays, I want to see this Chargers offensive line against the, you know, continuing to improve Colts defensive front. You got Justin Houston added there, but the Chargers O-line, um, yeah. Not good. Russell Okung Ever. is like, all right, you know, there's a good solid tackle. Well, he's not there. Yeah. And uh, the rest of the line, major question marks. Our guy Forrest Lamp, I don't even think he cracked the starting lineup. <laughs> 65 grade in the What does the guy have to do? I mean, okay, I playing better would help. But. Sorry, 58 grade in the preseason. Yeah, you got to play, play better. Well. That was ideal. Played a lot of snaps, too, 179. Um, so the Chargers could be challenging the Dolphins for the worst offensive line, especially when Okung is not on the field. Yeah. So I want to see that matchup. I still like the Chargers, though, because yeah. of that. We both take an advantage. Bruce went with the Colts, though. He did. I don't think he's, he's – is he factoring in West Coast travel here? Come on, Bruce. I mean, it's a long way to travel. Rookie move here. Cincinnati Bengals at the Seattle Seahawks. Another big West Coast trip, so that's it. Cincinnati's got no shot. Pretty much. Also, right. they, they've got no shot because they, they look pretty bad. Oh, the theme of this. Is the theme I want to see new teams schematically, or is it how bad is this offensive line? <laughs> the competition for the number 32 offensive line in the NFL is heated. The Bengals throwing their names in the hat – because all of their best players either retired or got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's not ideal. Like, uh, really did. Pretty much. The, I mean, so also, 
basically the only half decent player on this team right now, and or the offensive line is Cordy Glenn, who has a fairly extensive history of getting busted. Got hurt a couple of years ago, been hurt in, last year, and still wasn't right. Been in the great. concussion protocol this week. Like I don't think yeah. we even know if he's starting yet. So they're like one. You know, well, they might not even be one hit away. Cody Glenn might already not be playing in this game. But at the very minimum, they're like one hit away from Glenn going out. And there being nobody. John Jerry. Nobody. Like, he's, I don't know what they're going to do. Andre Smith, John Jerry, whatever it is, it's going to be a disaster. I mean, that's, that's, that's right there with the Dolphins and the Chargers. Man, that is bad. Uh, 2018 first-rounder Billy Price, not cracking the starting lineup. Right, bad enough that right they now. just benched him straight out. So the Cincinnati offensive line, I want to see the Seattle pass game and who Russell Wilson's going to throw to besides Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf has been banged up the last few weeks. He's listed as starting though, right? Yeah, as far as I know. Um, so look, we, we always say, as long as you have a top eight quarterback, that guy can elevate those around them. I think Seattle's really putting that to the test. <laughs> they, are, they want to be a run first team. They're going to run the ball. As much as possible, take the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands, but at some point it's going to be about him making plays. We know he can make plays off play action. I want to know if guys can get open when they need to, second and long, third and long. And, um, yeah, Seattle pass game, William Jackson on the other side. Yeah, I mean, I think Wilson to Metcalf is going to be fun just to watch to see what Metcalf can bring. That's a great place for Metcalf because he might be a little limited as far as what he can run from a route standpoint, but – he can be an explosive vertical route tree type right, of guy. Right, but it's, a, it's like either we play you who are limited and only have a few tricks in your bag or we have to pull this guy that nobody's ever heard of. We don't even know who he is. Yeah. We don't have a nameplate for him, so we don't want to do that. That's going to be fun. Mm. I was just looking at your notes on the next game. It's fat. It's, it's awesome. So we're, we're all taking <laughs> Seattle over Cincinnati. The next game is the Detroit Lions at the Arizona Cardinals. Just read your note. Well, so I want to explain it a little bit first. You know the way you always sort of, you can't really compare eras in the NFL, right? It's like, what if Joe Montana went up against Tom Brady? Or what if the 85 Bears played the 2018 Patriots? Like, who'd win, yeah. right? We're going to see. What we're going to get here is the 1987 Detroit Lions <laughs> taking on the 2019 Arizona Cardinals, and we're going to see which style of football wins games now. Is it college spread offenses predicated on the passing game, or is it hard-nosed smash-mouth football built to stop the run and pound the ball? We're going to see. This is great. All you wrote was 1987 versus 2019. Yeah. That's great. This is a sim of the 80s versus the, the 2019s. The Lions still have Matthew Stafford chucking it around if they need it. They do, much like Seattle, they really want to establish the run. They really have made a lot of roster moves. Yeah. Get, adding run blockers and run defenders. Yes. The last couple of years. Extending Damon Harrison. All of that said, though, they have improved a little bit as far as coverage goes, or at least pass rush goes with Trey Flowers. I mean, they've added other pieces as well. But, yeah, they want to do a lot with the run game. They do. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch. Have they, uh, have they looked into what Grady Jackson is doing these days? He's probably still available for a, a few, few other big-bodied. A few early down run stuffs run stoppers Kenny Galladay will be a key weapon for Matthew Stafford definitely want to see how Stafford looks in the news it's a new system Darren Bevel in there it's his system Daryl right Daryl what did I say Darren I think oh sorry Daryl Bevel my fault but uh new system and you know 
see how Stafford looks there. I want to see on the other side. Interestingly, almost all of us have 1987 beating 2019. Yeah, because of what I'm going to bring up right here. Okay. There were concerns. Let's. There were concerns about Arizona from a pass protection standpoint. I'm hearing. So I noticed this on film week two. We mentioned it on the podcast. The Raiders were just torching Arizona from a pass protection standpoint. Wide splits. The you know stunts. Six-man pressures, five-man pressures were getting home. Kyler under crazy pressure. Because there was two ways that this could go, right? Arizona has this not very talented offensive line that was among the worst in the league, if not the worst, last year. They were either going to be protected by a new scheme that gets gets rid of the ball quickly, has these wide splits or whatever, or they're going to be exposed even further because they're going to get out-schemed as well at the NFL level. There are some hints at the scheme being challenged in the preseason. And then, you know, this is, again, what they used to say about Steve Spurrier when he came in. He just didn't have the chops as far as pass protection goes in the NFL. And then I've talked to multiple coaches the last couple of weeks. We've oh, yeah? heard from coaches hmm. who, you know, have kind of had similar concerns. It's interesting. There are teams in college that legitimately, like, never stunt. Like, they don't exchange gaps whatsoever when they're rushing the passer. It's just four guys. You each have a lane. Win. And in today's college football it's a lot of three-man rushes right tight front and but in the nfl there's basically no team that doesn't throw that out there as a significant part of their pass rushing repertoire the differences are how often it happens but you're going to see it and if particularly if you put on tape a complete inability to deal with it then you're going to see it a lot and that's going to be an issue even stuff like when when kyler was in empty and they rushed six you know that's pretty common a lot of times empty teams love to rush six but you always have a quick pass when you're empty and they didn't, right. so we took a safety. You know, so there are these little adjustments that need to be made. I want to see how Arizona, how prepared are they? And, of course, we want to see how Kyler Murray, the number one player on our draft board, looks. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it doesn't look great on paper as a game, but it should be one of the must-watch games of the week. I'm taking Detroit in part because Kyler game one and Detroit pass rush. Scheming it up mm-hmm. against Arizona. I'm so taking it because the 80s were better in 2019. Yes, we love the 80s. We're going to do a whole podcast about it someday. All right, New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah, your note's good on this one, too. (laughs) Saquon versus Zeke, because running backs matter. Fiend. Yeah, I mean, they might not, but it's still going to be fun to watch. You know what the funny thing about this Dallas-Zeke contract is? So, well, there's two funny things. What did I text you the other night? I was like, remember how... Normally, after the deal comes out and it's like the headline numbers, and then you're like, well, wait for the real money to come out. And then you get him, and you're like, oh. And usually, the real details look way better for the team. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe we're a little bit bit rash to slam the team for that deal. Actually, this is way safer. Somehow, the real money elements of this Zeke deal are worse than the headline figures for Dallas, and the headline figures were terrible. Right. Like, somehow, the actual reality of it is even worse. The only thing that it saves them in this is that they have like an out if he gets suspended again. Right. But in terms of if he manages to keep his nose clean, they're like tied to him for a huge amount of years and money. My only question there is how much do teams... So if they did have that money, how would they use it? Would they use it enough? Would they sign one extra guy over the years? Would they go get one of those well, veteran free agents that would help? Because contracts that are coming up include Amari Cooper and Byron Jones. 
But so you don't have to like look that can, far. You for, can manipulate things enough to to get who you need. They've already signed like five guys. Like they've extended. They still had a, they still had a ton of cap space available for this year and next year. We got Dak as well. I know. I understand. At this point, at some stage, you're running out of like money, right? And if you're going to trim the trim the fat anywhere, maybe the running back would be the place to do it. Well, I'm I'm glad he's back, so we can just continue to get. So where I was going what I was going to say about this is that. The funny thing about it is that Dallas, Dallas is obviously of the opinion that running backs still matter a great deal and that we, Zeke is the thing that makes this offense tick and we're just going to run the whole thing through him. He's going to get millions of touches a game. We could be in a situation where they will load him up to the point where they are entirely happy with how much they're paying him because look how many she's carrying. He's rushing champion four times out of the next That's five the years. That's right? Right, because... What that mean? If that happens, if Zeke Elliott is the rushing champion for four of the next five years, he is the he gets a million carries. He carries this offense. It means the offense was bad, right? So you may be entirely happy with how much of how much of the the, the heavy lifting he's doing, but all that means is that you are not maximizing what your offense can do, because you're doing something that is less efficient and less effective than something else. So we could be in a weird situation where, like, Dallas is ecstatic about how this deal has gone, and yet, it's, if anything, has made them worse. It doesn't lead to wins, necessarily. Right. So I'm going to take a different angle on this as far as what I want to see. I think it's a huge year for Dak, obviously, but a lot of people complain about Scott Linehan for multiple years as the offensive play caller. You have Kellen Moore, who is in his 30s. Is yeah. he even in his 30s yet? He must be. Who's young. I mean, he's in his 30s, but he looks like he's 14, right? Yeah. Either way, he's one of those young coaches. And everybody just assumes young coaches. He's 30. He's 30. And he's only just turned 30, July. So everybody just assumes he's young, he must be creative, he must be a better play caller and all that stuff. I like Kelmore. I loved him as a player. Absolutely loved him. I, I wanted nothing more than to see him have an extended shot to try to start in the NFL. If nothing else, to just see a guy with a little literal, literal high school arm yeah. who had awesome pocket presence and accuracy. Would have loved it. Um, I think it's a huge year because you're either you're either going to see like Dak's best year, and then you say, okay, has Dak improved because it's year four, or is this just Kellen Moore putting him in position to to succeed? Is he truly living up to what we said, tier three quarterback, where if you get the great play caller and you have everything else around him, you can get something out of him? Do they actually put the ball in his hands more? Did they sign Zeke just because they have to? Or are they going to do what you said and you know justify it with 25, 30 carries a game? Um, I don't think Kellen Moore wants to do that. I think he wants to put more on Dak and win in the pass game. I don't know how much freedom he has to do that. I also don't know how much freedom um, he has. I agree. They did the thing that we that well I keep saying teams should do, which is if the only reason for a guy being in your quarterback room is he's a great presence in the quarterback room and helps at the game plan. Make him a coach. Hire him as a coach. It's yeah. cheaper, and it doesn't cost you a roster spot. They did that with Kellen Moore. He was a guy who they kind of gave a legitimate chance to win that starting job briefly, and it really went badly. And nobody wanted to see a different end of that than you and I, and it just it wasn't going to happen. All I know is Kellen, Kellen Moore didn't have the talent, right? Kellen Moore has a 400-yard passing game in the NFL. Yeah. That happened. So like at this point, he's then fallen into the Matt Castle bucket of, we can't really put you on the field ever, but we really want you in this quarterback room. And instead of just endlessly throwing millions at him and keep burning a roster spot, lighting it on fire, they went, okay, be, become be a coach. Be the offensive coordinator before you know it. So that's what they're doing. you got an offensive coordinator instead of 
the guy wasting a roster spot for a, a guy who can't see the field. Can't wait to see I it. applaud that move. Well done, Dallas. As much as I dislike the Ezekiel Elliott contract you just handed out, you kind of redeemed yourself with the Kellen Moore move. I can't wait to see it. And then Eli Watch on the other side. How long does he last before people start looking for oh, Daniel Jones? Oh, we have to pull up that statistic that I told you earlier. The, somebody posted a, the effect of each quarterback, each starting quarterback on the Vegas line, how much it moves if that quarterback isn't in the game, right? So the top, of the, top end of the spectrum was Aaron Rodgers, I think it's seven and a half points. If Rodgers isn't in the game, the, the line swings seven and a half. Yeah, all the top guys are in that six right. or seven range. Right? Away from the Packers, right? One quarterback in the NFL moves the line in the opposite direction. I, their team has a better chance of winning if he gets injured and isn't in the game. That quarterback, Eli Manning. The line moves one point in New York's favor if Eli isn't starting. I think that's unfair, though. <laughs> it really is, but it's hilarious. Not to Look, Daniel Jones was, was really good in the preseason. I mean, there's two elements of it, right? If you're banking on Daniel Jones being better than Eli Manning, that's a stretch. I don't know that he's better than Eli Manning right now. Right, so there's two parts of it. One, I really don't know that Jones is better than him right now. He may be, but we don't know. Two, Eli isn't that bad. Like... No. He's not good, and he's a, definitely among the bottom third of NFL quarterbacks. But you're, one quarterback, you're saying, if he goes out, you get better. He's not the one. Like, if you're saying one guy goes down and you get better, Eli isn't that guy. For some perspective, because I think multi-year looks matter. In two out of the last three years, Eli Manning has had a better PFF grade than Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel Jones has been in college the last three years. Yes. Where Eli's your grade should be higher. Yes. Uh-huh. For perspective. Yeah. So we'll I just see. think it was funny. It is funny. Ha ha ha. Hmm. Okay. I was just laughing. Yeah. Just, all right. San Francisco 49ers. Wait, at, who wait, are we taking? Dallas. Oh, yeah. Okay. All of us. Uh, Except Bruce. Bruce has gone rogue in a lot of these. Oh, he's going to be. He's, his picks are going to be terrible. <laughs> what does he know? All right. San Francisco, Tampa. Uh, Arians and Jameis together. Yep. Your MVP season. This is the start right here. No, I don't think it's going to be this year. No? Nope. Okay. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but if it's going to happen, it's going to start now. So Arians plus Jameis equals fireworks equals YOLO balls deep down the field equals Mike Evans catching a ton of jump balls. It's going to be beautiful. Just got to get him to cut back on those negatives. Jimmy G making his return. Want to see how he looks. Don't care how bad he looked in that six attempt one preseason game. He looked a little bit better the next week. He was just trying more difficult passes. Yeah. I want to see him against this um, new scheme in Tampa Bay again, but also the new secondary. You're, or, you know, a man-heavy secondary with Carlton Davis and Hargraves and Jamal Dean and Sean Bunting and who, how they deploy all these guys it's in the secondary. such a young secondary. It's so young. Some of them could be terrible, but if they get two or three good ones, then, sure. you know, it's not bad. Plus, you've got uh, Todd Bowles calling the plays who has no problem going zero blitz also know, true. over and over again. And, you know, could be, uh, could be exciting. Tampa Bay is going to be a, a team to watch. Yeah. Because of the craziness on both sides of the ball, both went bucks. I'm taking. Oh yeah, it is an MVP season for James. I took the bucks. Hmm, okay, yeah, travel, travel. Yeah. Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious to see does the do the offensive tackles for the Browns hold up? Can Tennessee get pressure on them? Cameron Wake coming off the edge. Yeah, Harold Landry in year two. Right. Hopefully. So we'll see what I'm curious to see because that this offense on paper for the Browns looks kind of spectacular. But the one area of weakness is the tackles in particular on that offensive line. We've been banking on the scheme plus Baker's ability to 
understand the right. game better and that's than why Tyrod it's, to make the L Yeah, that's kind of why it's how much can they get pressure because as much as those tackles may be a weakness, they've already shown that they're kind of decent at, high, at papering that over with Baker in particular and, and the new sort of skit system. So Baker and OBJ, definitely want to see them. But I think the more you think about it, the Browns, all the resources, or resources that they threw into the defensive line, the Titans with, without Taylor Luan, and with Marcus Mariota, who likes to hold the ball and take too many sacks, is this a six or seven sack game? Easily could be a six or seven sack game for the Cleveland Browns this week. Yeah, are they starting Dennis Kelly at left tackle? That's what it looks like. That doesn't seem advisable. Yeah. It's, it's one of those lines where when Luan is – we always say the left tackle's overrated. Yeah. But if you have a good one, the trickle-down effect to like getting to average. Yeah, is, I mean, plus, you know – the. It's, it's as important as the steepness of the drop-off between that and the next guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Luan is huge for Tennessee because you've got to throw Dennis Kelly out there. Other than, you know, when they, you have Roger Saffold's pretty good, Jack Conklin's good, but man, it could get ugly if yeah. Mariota holds the ball too long. I'm going Cleveland. Same, I think. Yes. Yeah. I think we're all taking Cleveland. So we are. We use different abbreviations, but we got it. All right. A Monday night game. Houston Texans at the New Orleans Saints. The first of two Monday night football games. What are you looking at here? I want to see if Alvin Kamara starts to get an increased workload um, in that backfield. It's kind of been speculated, but I don't know if it's happening yet. Um, Obviously, Mark Ingram was kind of the workhorse in that backfield a year ago. Uh, He's no longer there. They did bring in um, Latavius Murray, who is sort of tailor-made to be the same kind of, you know, thunder to Kamara's lightning. Um, But I, I don't know. There's still sort of... There's still talk that they might not do that again. Right. You know, that actually we've decided Kamara can handle the majority of this workload and Latavius Murray will be merely a change-up guy or when we want to give him a rest. So I want to see sort of how much that role expands if it does. It's always you know, the same thing I said about Brady, too. It's like, all right, here's the next year of Drew Brees. Let's you know, make, sure he, make sure he looks right. You know? well, he always looks good week one, Brees. Because he's Plus old. It's, indoors it's, it's end of the year where the arm starts to fall. Oh, okay, so I'll... Right. I'll save that for week yeah. 10 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Really want to see the Texans O-line. you got Laramie Tunsil in there. Will they protect J- uh, Deshaun Watson better? Will he protect them better by getting rid of the ball? And then how do they deploy those pass game weapons? Because DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Kiki, Cutie. Yeah. Are you going to be attending the Houston um, How to Run an NFL Franchise course they're running? Yeah, once they hire me, I'll be running the course. You're going to be running the course? Yeah. Maybe this is your way in. Like, like the, you know... Um, I'm not a doctor. You know the way, like, so Gran Turismo, I think, has these competitions where, like, the winner gets a real job, you know? You, That'd be me. Right. Teach the course first. Yeah, 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 No, no, no. You go to the course, and then, oh. like, whoever aces it, whoever the valedictorian is or whatever it is, gets the GM job. So I'm going to sign up for this course right. over at Rice. Yeah. you. So Rice and the Houston Texans are running a course, how to run an NFL franchise, right? Whoever's, like, the whoever graduates top of the class is going to be the Texas GM next year. Top of the class? I don't know if I'd be top of the class. I mean, I'd, I'm the best GM candidate, so I should be right. top of the class. I mean, it feels like that's an effort thing, I don't know right? if I want the job anymore. They don't have a first-round pick until, like, I don't know, when the, the world... Maybe that... Big into global warming over in Houston. They're like, trade all of our first-round picks. think they're working off the Mayan calendar? Yeah. Like, well, this game's not existing in two years' time. Right. Okay. Maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe. Look. Win but you now, could, if you get the, the job, exist in two years. If you get the job, you could like trade for some more. Oh, I'll I'll manipulate. And, and I mean, you could flip Larry Tunsil, for example. Apparently, he's worth a couple of first oh, round like picks I, in a second. If I got the Jets job, I would have traded Le'Veon immediately. Yeah, I would have traded fun. Zeke if I was in Dallas. To who? Somebody would have taken him. 
Anyway, if somebody's I'm just saying, if you want first-round picks so bad, there's people there you could flip for them. So I really want to see that Texans pass game. They've got some weapons. Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson, year three, weird dynamic. Grade hasn't been as good as his really, really good stats. Where do those intersect here in year three for Watson? Denver Broncos at oh, – who are we taking? New Orleans? Uh, yeah. Don't forget, New Orleans defense is terrible the first two weeks of the season, the last mm. two years. Okay. I don't know if that matters at all. But that's the case. Remember, they gave up <laughs> like is, 100 yeah. against Tampa Bay. They were terrible. Yeah. They had, two years ago, perfect passer rating when pressuring the quarterback in yeah. the first two weeks just against like, Sam Bradford and Tom Brady. Unbelievably hard to achieve. Really, really tough. So, they could get torched. Oh, should I start Watson in uh, fantasy? Probably. Deshaun Watson yeah. or Matt Ryan? Uh, ooh. Both on the road. Yeah. Both in a dome. Uh-huh. Against, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Both on the road. That's tough. Well, yeah. let me know. I'm off the air. Okay. Yeah. You didn't answer. I had all the people give you their fantasy teams for some yeah. feedback. I'm, I'm going to have to answer. come up with a way of paying you back for that. Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders. It's the second Monday night game. We already talked about AB. Yeah. I don't know what by by uh, by the time this posts what the exact suspension or whatever is going to happen. But um, what are you looking for in this one? Yeah, he may not be on the roster at that point. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what Joe Flacco looks like. And, you know, hmm. is he going to bounce back a little bit? Are we going to get Joe, you know, Joe proving that he still has a place in this league? I wouldn't be surprised if he looks all right. Okay. <laughs> he looks all right. I mean, part of that's going to be because the Raiders' defense isn't that good. Yeah. So that'll help. Yeah. What are you looking for? Did I write anything? Yeah, I want to see if the Raiders' defense is a little bit more aggressive. I told you they did look good against Arizona. And the leadership's paying off? Yeah. I, I want to see how the rookies get integrated, of course. Cleland and, and Abram on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think there's always a lot of draft picks where you're like, you could have had this guy and you took this guy instead. So Cleland Farrell and Josh Allen yeah. of the Jags are two of those guys. You know which one was an interesting one for me a few years ago? Just getting off the subject. The Chiefs took Dontari Poe right ahead of Fletcher Cox. Huh. And early on in their careers, it didn't look crazy. They were kind yeah. of similar players yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And then over time, it was like, oh, wow. Right now, it looks ridiculous. When you take similar players, um, well, who do the – oh, Will, William Jackson being picked right in front of Artie Burns. Yeah. yeah. By all accounts, the Steelers wanted to get – so to me, that's one of those. Cleveland Farrell and Josh Allen is one of those, like, everybody that I know would have taken Josh Allen over Cleveland. Right. Oakland Andre Pitt. Dillard over uh, – Titus Howard. Yes. Who apparently they said they graded higher. Well, they don't have a GM. They graded higher, but only might have taken him had they been picking between the two. Yeah. That, to me, I mean, if you graded him higher, why would you not take him ahead? Like, that's ridiculous. How hard can it be? Apparently, it's really hard. How hard can it be? You need to take the course and find out how hard it is. (laughs) I might might apply. (laughs) Do you think Neil would give me a leave leave of absence to go take the sent. I think if we sent somebody with you to film it, you would definitely be okay with that. That is the rule. Like, you can go wherever you want as long as somebody has a camera and right. you can create content. Not only would you get a leave of absence, but I think you'd probably pay for it if, you, if we got, like, full Instagram coverage of it. I'd say I'll go ask him, but you know he's going to be listening to this as soon as it does. Neil. Right. Let, let us know. know. Neil, let, let us know. know in the comments. Let us know in the comments yeah. if you'll let Steve go to the, the Rice uh, University. Nah, that won't class. work if he's listening on Spotify, though. Let us know via email. Yeah, that'll work. Or okay. uh, Skype or anywhere. You know, you can text me if you want. Let me know. Hmm. All right, why'd you put Rams at Panthers last? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I was just moving the games around. It's just like a Sunday 1 o'clock game. Okay, what was the other Monday night game? Those two, Houston 
In the oh, those two? In okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just I shuffled the order in order to be able to put the good games at the very top. Yeah, you're fired. Los Angeles Rams at the Carolina Panthers, Sam. Yeah. Uh, what I've been talking about all offseason, does this Rams offense have an evolution over the offseason? Have they developed a plan B? Because they didn't have one last year, and things were bad when they didn't. So you've had the entire offseason. Sean McVay is widely considered to be a genius. Has he identified the thing that was right in front of him last season, i.e. teams have started to figure you out, you need, a, you need something else. Do they run more quick game with Jared Goff? Are they still, you know, outside zone play action? You know, do all the yards come off play action again? Yeah. Will Goff live up to the money? How good is Zach Robinson hmm. as an assistant QB coach? Why don't you, you should text Zach and find out if they've evolved. I will, but I can't tell anyone. Dear Zach, has the offense evolved since last and season, let me text him right or will now. it be the same? Because if it's the same, you may have some problems. You guys figure out how to attack quarters yet. Yeah. Um, and what you want to see, apparently, is the Panthers' new D and Cam Newton's health. Yeah, do my... Um... Okay. So Cam Newton's health, he's uh, apparently avoided the injury report this week. So whatever is busted ankle hasn't been that busted. He's going to be starting week one. But it's Cam Newton, so he's inevitably one hit away from being back on the injury report and busted up again. Just um, texted an NFL coach. You did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what about is what about the defense? Has you so fascinated? Well, they're saying they're going to run more of these odd looks, three four type of looks, and they have a sneaky good defensive line. Yeah, Gerald McCoy in there, and Brian Burns, first round pick. They've needed to revamp that uh, defensive line for a while. I think the defense could be solid. Yeah, they still Carolina. have they still have Poe, still have Dontari. I mean, yeah. he's a solid, he's a good player. I mean, How much do you think right. he got ruined by like? That sequence to begin his career, like four straight years of never coming off the field as a 350-pound nose tackle. It's one of those things we've been needing to study, but when you get a defensive tackle, and Will Fork had years like this too, where a big guy over 330 plays 800-plus snaps. I mean, even just generally, like I was always fascinated by the idea of, you know, you remember Amobi Okoye came into the league at 19? It was like, I mean, if he's as good as we think he is, he could play for like 15 years at that age, right? right? You're like, well... What if you just have, like, an amount of tread on the tire and that you just started burning it earlier, right? right? Like, you just started losing rubber when you were 19 instead of 21. Like, you didn't, you didn't prolong your career. You just moved it forwards. I mean, the age thing is more like if you're comparing this age versus this level of competition. Right. You expect a, a level of growth. But his thing was, like, a lot of people were talking about this, you know, the length of this guy's career because he's so young as right. opposed to how much better he could get. And it was, well, I don't know if that's actually the case or if you just started burning the wick earlier. I mean, that, you see that in the NBA all the time. The guy's like a 20-year career, but he's like, oh, he's 37. Right. He came in when yeah. he was, you know, 12, 17, 18. <laughs> well, yeah, Panthers defense. I want to see what they're looking like. Okay. Um, I took Oakland, by the way, in the Oakland-Denver game, as you did as well. You yeah. Did as well. That was, that was, this was before. This was before we Antonio discovered Antonio Astor, Brown an was likely suspended. Uh, I'm going to take Carolina. In this cross country battle, okay, with the Rams, yeah, I'm taking the Rams. Man, my analytics basically just say take the home team, and yeah, honestly, that's not a stupid way of doing it when you look at the, the way yeah. picks work. No, I think the Panthers could be pretty good. Last year, I was saying, hey, they're the worst six and two team in history. This year, I think they're going to be a little bit better, okay. uh, assuming Cam's health. Yeah, we'll see Norv too. I want to see Norv in his second year. You know? That offense is kind of was yeah. interesting before Cam went down. Absolutely, they were. So, should be a great game. Get to watch Aaron Donald play football again. Yes. To watch all these guys play football. It is great. We're all excited here at PFF. We're fired up. The season is starting. Or it already started. 
did already start, and we already told you what happened. What a fascinating, what a great game. Outstanding Thursday night game. We're all fired up. It's week one. We've gone overtime. We're going to be bummed if we went 0-1 and in predicting the future, though. Yeah, it would be start. a rough start. We didn't start till week three last year. Kind of right. gave we, us a little bit. It of took us a couple of weeks to figure out that this was the way of doing it. We could just chop it out of the podcast. Yeah, just ax it. Didn't happen. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. We can skip it. Go get PFF Elite. It's the only way to fully enjoy the NFL season. It's the only way. All grades are going to be out after the games. So. Monday. Well, these this one will be out tomorrow. Thursday so night Friday. will be so out So if Friday. you're listening right now on Friday, the grades could be up. Right. The grades. Yeah, depending on when you're listening, the grades may already be up. Every play that happened. PFF.com. Last night's game, i.e. Thursday night football, could be up already. Could be up. So get there. Go do it. Find uh, out just how bad Trubisky was. Rest of the year, Thursday preview show, Monday review show, maybe some special surprises for the YouTube channel in between. Yeah. Should we also, uh, should we also tease the new podcasts? Oh, yeah, we have a new podcast coming. Two out. of them. Two new podcasts. Tell everybody about them. All right, we have two new podcasts coming, um, not featuring me or Steve. Unfortunately. But that shouldn't prevent you from listening to them, at we least not still be initially. Like a special guest or something like sure. that. Sure. Yeah. But at least not initially. You know, give them a chance. Well, one of them is Mike. It's Renner. Renner's back with a podcast of his very own because we basically booted him off this one, except when we talk draft. So Renner's coming back with his own podcast with Austin, Austin Gale and Renner together. They are doing a podcast called Two for One Draft. Two for One Drafts? Two for, two for One Draft, something like that, right? Which is basically about college prospects and rookies. So following these college prospects through their rookie year in the NFL as well and looking at both sides of that, that whole spectrum. We should have Mike do a rose ceremony for the all-rookie team at the end of the year. Okay, you can pitch that to him. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to be doing that. We'll do that right now. There's also, the other one is called uh, Underclassmen which is Cam, Cam Meller, and Benjamin Brown. And they're going to be looking at college football kind of through a betting um, lens as well, sort of look at, uh, using green line a little bit, looking at spread picks, analytical analysis, and just generally college football storylines, all that kind of stuff. So like those that. two are both in the process of being spooled up and will hopefully be debuting – like this week, like next week. We'll give you we more information as it comes out. But just search for those. So, so it's uh, two for one drafts? Two for one drafts and underclassmen. I didn't know that that was called underclassmen. Not bad. It wasn't until earlier today. No. Now it is. It wouldn't have been my choice, but I'm sure it's going to be good. Well, we don't let you name things anymore. Oh, I've got some good history of naming things. No. No, you don't. All right, we're out. It's overtime. Yeah. We're done. Bye-bye. See you Monday. Happy football. <laughs> It's time to turn it up with your new favorite podcast, Expeditiously with T.I., here on Podcast One. Join the rapper, entrepreneur, family man, and activist as he bridges the gap and sheds light on important social topics and much more in an authentic, eyebrow-raising dialogue that might make you want to pull out your dictionary. Download new episodes of Expeditiously with T.I. every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Quick break to tell you guys about NFL Game Pass, the only way that you can replay every game all season long. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. So every game that we're talking about right now, you guys can rewatch it after the fact. I'm going to be going back, and you guys can too. Go check out Lamar Jackson in week one. Go check out Dak Prescott and what that Cowboys offense actually did. Go check out Kyler Murray. 
in his NFL debut. That's my favorite thing about NFL Game Pass. You can go back and watch at any time. And if you haven't watched a condensed game yet, you have to try it out. It's every play from the game back to back to back so you can replay an entire NFL game in the fraction of the time it normally takes. It's how I'm able to follow all the MVP candidates, all the breakout stars, and, of course, your waiver wire pickups all season long. To see all the action this season and stay on top of all the big storylines, you need NFL Game Pass. Best of all, you can kick off the 2019 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Just sign up now at NFL.com slash Pro Football Focus NFL.